Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, tonight, we give you praise for glory. Thank you for your hand that is here in this service. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for your mighty hand. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for favor. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your tender mercies. We ask that tonight you baptize us afresh with glory. May our lives never be the same again. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you celebrate Jesus with a shout? You are not here. Can you celebrate Jesus with a shout of praise? Come on. Please be seated. Be seated. We have um, some few minutes. Let's see, about 50 minutes to cross over into the new year. And uh, I want to establish some few uh, thoughts in the word of God. And we are going to pray and cross over. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the word at all? There is no excitement in the atmosphere. You know how we do the thing here now. Can you scream? Now, by the grace of God, we have told you several times the theme for 2024. We decided not to keep it a secret anymore, but to let you know so you can prepare advance in advance for the upcoming theme. And like we said, 2024 is a year of glory. I said 2024 is a year of glory. And uh, I'm going to be teaching you some thoughts on the glory of God. But before that, the Lord asked me to put down 10 things that you should never do in 2024. Before we go into the word, and these thoughts will help you a lot. If you want to go somewhere in 2024, make sure these thoughts are anchored in your spirit. There are 10 things you should never do in 2024. Are you ready? Number one, never break a quality relationship. Now we need to understand that it is very easy to start a relationship but very difficult to keep one. It takes a certain level of grace to establish a relationship and it takes another level of grace to maintain that same relationship. Now we need to understand that relationship is very powerful. It took relationship for the body of Jesus Christ to be taken. It took relationship for, for Lot and Abraham to experience wealth. Relationship really matters. Hear me carefully. If God wants to do something big in your life, he connects you. If Satan wants to do something big in your life, he disconnects you. 
And unfortunately, many Christians lack the skill, the intelligence, the maturity to be able to handle relationships. Now, listen to me. There are some relationships, eh? You cannot miss a call, but they can miss your call. Many Christians lack that kind of maturity, and they're like, if you don't call me, me don't call him. You may lose. There are some friends, there are some people who are older than you that God will connect to you. You need to be very mature to keep relationship. Hear me, there was a time I was reading the Bible and I got to know that it was the connection of Lot to Abraham that Lot became blessed. The moment Lot disconnected himself from Abraham, that was where problems began to happen in his life. Jacob acknowledged and said, Laban acknowledged and said to Jacob, I know by revelation that I am blessed because of you. Which means the presence of certain people in your life is the reason why something has changed in you. I'm telling you. Some people are not just humans. They are angels. We keep those people. We don't trivialize those relationships. Many Christians lack the maturity to keep quality relationships. Listen, if you are here and you, you are not matured in handling relationships, especially difficult ones, where you know your connection to that person will bless you, you need maturity to maintain it. The person who is helping you, how many times do you call to appreciate? You are always taking money. You have never given a hamper before. I know of someone who just connected to a rich man. The next two days, he was asking him for money. That is why, that, that was how his number was blocked. They don't have the maturity. You get connected to someone the next three days, you're asking him for money. Forget about it. You will lose. Hallelujah. Keep quality relationships. Jesus knew how to relate with people. Know how to relate with people. Listen, when you enter into a good relationship, eh, begin to observe those people. Know their character. Know how they behave. Know how they behave when they are tired. Know how they behave when they are not comfortable about something. And know how to relate with them. Don't say, where do you train home? Where do you train home? Listen, you need that man. You need that woman. You need that friend to be able to break through in life. And if you don't know how to keep quality relationships, the things that God wants to do in your life can be truncated. Now hear me carefully. If God wants to do something big in your life, it takes three things. Number one is the grace of God. Number two is obedience. Number three is relationship. Go and check your Bible. Before Jesus did any great thing, the grace of God was upon his life. Check your Bible. Number two, he was obedient. And number three, he had to relate with people. He had, see, Jesus couldn't have done a lot without the 12 disciples. So Jesus needed the grace of God. Number two, Jesus needed obedience. And number three, he needed relationship. Hear me? There are some relationships you must die for. Keep certain relationships with maturity. It doesn't matter. Listen, there are some people, no matter how much they offend you, you must still stay. 
There are some relationships some of you disconnected yourself from. It's the reason why you are suffering and you are telling God, God, show up. And God is saying, I gave you an angel. I gave you a helper. But you disconnected from the helper because you were not matured. Because your heart was too quick-tempered. Because you were not patient. Number one, what? Don't break quality relationships. Number two, never be influenced by others who are not godly. Never be influenced by others who are not godly. You look at a man in a gym wagon and you are like, hey, this man is blessed. Who said blessings is gym wagon? The Bible says, and God was with Joseph and he prospered. Listen, prosperity is not first having money. Prosperity is first God be with you. We need to understand and listen to me. Never envy an ungodly man. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. Now it's very important. It begins with walking, it continues with standing, and it ends with sitting. Which means that you see, it's so subtle that at first eh, you were walking away from bad friends. Until you began to enjoy their company. Now you began to stand around them. And soon you got so comfortable and you began sitting around them. That is how you got destroyed. Oh, I'm sure you saw a nice lady on, on Instagram. And you want to copy the lady's style. So you also want to go and pump your bottles. Be careful. I'm told all these people pumping their bottles and their breasts. I'm told that by the next 25 years, they will end up with cancer. And their breasts will rot. Keep yours like that. I'm telling you. Keep yours like that. Cut yourself from people who are not productively building your life. You see, listen. Let me tell you something. See, your friends, the people you associate with really matter. So, you are where you are by your association. Like I'm telling you. If you are around we smokers, you will end up a we smoker. If you are around gossipers, you will end up a gossip. If you are around godly people, they will lead you to the scriptures. They will help you to serve God. They will help you to establish yourself in business. Stay around people who know God. And your life will never be the same. Oh, the alcohol is just 1%. Try it. That's how I began. This one is not really, it is just a lady with bikini. That is how you got destroyed. I'm teaching good here. So stay in the fear of God. Listen, the Bible says bad company corrupts good manners. I'm telling you. Fear God. Your life will never be the same. That's number two. Number three. Never compromise on your spiritual life. Now, if you listen to what I'm teaching you, you will see that something will start changing about your life. Never compromise on your spiritual life. Listen, you cannot make it without God helping you. But we need to understand that God's help is not automatic. It comes by relationship. We need to understand the essence of spiritual growth. Listen, in this life, if you want to grow physically, you need three elements. Breathing, eating, and what? Exercise. 
If you give birth to a baby and the baby is not breathing, the baby will not grow. If the baby is not eating, the baby will not grow. If the baby is not what breathing, if the baby is not exercising, the baby will not grow. Likewise, it is in the realm of the spirit. For you to grow spiritually, you will need breathing, eating, and what? And exercise. And we know that the Bible tells us that pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians 5.17 if the Bible says pray without ceasing and we breathe without ceasing it means that what natural breath is to the physical man, prayer is to the spiritual man a praying Christian is a breathing Christian the Bible says that the word of God is like bread which means the word of God is your spiritual food as long as you are studying the word of God you are feeding on life so your eating spiritually is the word of God and number three, spiritual exercises is your exercise. Fasting is a spiritual exercise. Giving is a spiritual exercise. Evangelism is a spiritual exercise. So listen to me. Never compromise on your spiritual life for anything. Don't be too busy than your spiritual life. Some of you, your job is the reason why you have stopped your money devotion. The Bible says in the book of 3 John 2, he says beloved I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers that means if you are prospering physically at the detriment of your soul prosperity there is a problem with your life spiritual poverty is bankruptcy of spiritual content many Christians have stopped praying they have stopped studying the word of God and they have stopped disciplining themselves and training in the spirit and they are expecting things to happen it's not possible go back and take that money devotion serious and something will shift apart your life have you realized lust has taken over your life it's because more of God is out of you a praying Christian is a breathing Christian I'm telling you the more you stop praying the more you start sinning temptation becomes appetizing to the prayerless Christian it says pray lest you enter into temptation so if you realize temptation is eating you up it simply means your spiritual life has been short circuited listen take your spiritual life seriously in 2024 and you realize that something will shift about your life I know what I'm saying number four never take it easy on yourself I'm teaching quickly on four things you should never do in 2024 never take it easy on yourself many Christians want easy Christian life easy life, easy business we think everything we can receive it I receive it I receive it I receive it I imbibe it, I chew it it's not everything that is received you must be a man of labor you must work hard through prayer don't take it easy on yourself discipline yourself stop watching those season movies they have nothing to offer to your life your laptop has one terabyte filled with movies one terabyte four terabyte season movie can you advance in God? Listen, if you take it easy on your destiny, there's going to be a problem. 
When we were in our old auditorium, we had to fast and pray. 100 days fasting, 40 days fasting, 168 hours of prayer. It comes with labor. People thought we were joking. People think we were not serious. Is, is prayer the only thing we know? That is how we live in God. Listen, most of you are taking life too easy. The business is not working. I'm discouraged. Listen, life comes with toughness. You must be tough. If you start taking things easy on yourself, you can't survive. Because the world, you see, world mysteries are won by men of labor. Men who discipline themselves. Men who are serious at what they do. Listen to me. Don't take it easy on yourself. Sleep late. Sleep tired. Work hard. And pray. And God will bless your life tremendously. Number five. Never dishonor your leaders. Some of these things are very hard to say because unfortunately we have a church that doesn't understand what it means to honor leaders. That is why certain Christians are not making spiritual progress. We easily talk about pastors, insult our pastors, insult our ministers and we want to get breakthrough. It's not possible. The hands that was laid on you is the same hand that blesses you. And it becomes a counter blessing when that hand is the hand you speak against. We need to understand the power of leaders in our lives. They see, we are here for your blessing. You can never be blessed by any minister you judge and condemn. I'm telling you the truth. Moses had a sister called Miriam, they were related. But guess what? Miriam spoke against Moses and God said, you know something? I put him there. It doesn't matter whether you are the big sister of Moses. You know what happened? Miriam had to undergo leprosy for a number of days. And she was the reason why Israel could not advance. They had to wait for her to be healed. That means that the church will never progress as long as we have people talking down against their leaders. Never entertain a conversation of a pastor who has blessed you before. Never entertain it. Because that's your downfall. The man preaching the good word of God. The man interceding for you. It is not possible. Hear me. If you are in a conversation where people are busting down pastors, it's not every pastor that is fake. Me, I know I'm not fake. I'm not fake. So listen, never talk down against spiritual leaders. It's the most dangerous thing you can do to your spiritual life. Number six, never stop loving people. Never stop loving people. See, one of the people, most difficult people to love is human beings. You can easily love your dog than human being. I'm telling you the truth. Because human beings are complex, intricate beings, sophisticated beings. Their attitude can just change just like that. They can betray you just like that. They can backstab you just like that. You can hear something someone has said about you and you are shocked. You don't even know what the person is talking about. It's nature of human beings. I'll tell you what has brought me this far. I don't take things personal. And I've learned by revelation to love people no matter what. Listen, never stop loving people. The Bible says love is patient. Be patient with people. 
Love is kind. Be kind to people. The Bible says if your enemy is angry, give him food. If he's dirty, give him drink. By so doing, you shall heap coals of fire upon him. Listen, you can never use revenge to do good. I'm sure there's someone here, you have planned to revenge on someone after 31st. The Holy Ghost is talking to you. You have planned that you are going to block that number. I beg you. Hold on. The Holy Ghost is talking. Never stop loving people. The Bible says love does not take pleasure in iniquity. Love is see, love does not keep record of wrongs. You know, that means that our heart has two sessions. Debit and credit. You know, in accounting, we have what? Debit there. <laughs> Debit the what? The receiver and credit. So, the, see, can you imagine on that left side, the people you have kept there? The people in the, in the prison of your heart. You get heart attack and die. I'm telling you the truth. This heart, eh? My heart is dedicated to God. You are too weak to be here. You are too weak. I can't hate you, no matter what you do to me. It's not possible. Listen, when you love people, eh? It is you that advances. Are you following what I'm teaching you? So what? We said never stop what? Loving people. Love people. I'm telling you. Sometimes people will call you a fool. Don't worry. Love them. Number seven. Never keep a bad habit or character in 2024. To keep a bad character is like keeping a dead rat in your room. Do you see how a dead rat can smell? That is how bad character is. It's like keeping a dead rat in your bedroom. It will smell and drive away people. People will not enter your bedroom. That's how good people will not enter your life. I'm teaching good here. It will keep people away from your bad character. This year, in fact, before we cross over, trust God to do with every habit. That is the reason why you are not seeing progress in your life. Tonight, I speak to every demonic habit against you. I declare it broken in the name of Jesus. I said, I declare it broken in the name of Jesus. If you are easily angered here, you have to pray for God to help you. If you are addicted to pornography and masturbation, you have to trust God to help you because you can't, it will destroy your prayer life. Because once you open your Bible, you see a woman's buttons. Satan will give you pictures of your previous memory. Listen to me. Satan knows the reason why he's keeping you in that bondage. Because he's, he knows that what you gaze is what you become. So he will put pictures that does not glorify God before you so you become a slave to those pictures. Hear me? There is no pleasure in evil. Never keep a bad character. It will destroy you. You can stay on this phone for 8 hours, 10 hours, 15 hours. Doing what? Instagram. And one dangerous thing, if you're a parent here, one dangerous thing you can do is to be introducing your children to social media. Some months ago, oh, my son will come. And then he'll be crying, he'll be crying, he'll be crying, he'll be crying. And when I watch him, I begin to feel pity for him. I say, come and take it. He'll be on YouTube for five hours and I forgot because I want him to stop worrying me. So I use the stop worrying me as YouTube. So I can be able to do Bible reading, Bible study and my son is on YouTube. 
until one day I realized this guy has been watching certain things. So now ah, he came there, he came there and said, Daddy, I'll kill you. I said, Come. <laughs> that was the day I started regulating everything he's watching. Since that time, the guy who only watch YouTube only once a week play game on Saturday. No matter how you cry, no mercy for the cripple. Because listen, if they keep watching that screen, it will dull their memory. They will never be intelligent in school. I had to go and read it. Stop exposing your children too early to social media. It can destroy their destiny. I know what I'm saying. Let them cry. Don't use it. You know, you know when you leave them to worry you, it's better for them to worry you than to worry later in the future. So listen to me. If there is any habit here, that is the reason why you are not progressing. I beg you, trust God to kill it. If some of you were supposed to be 90 years old, already social media has taken 20 years. Like I was saying, 70 Number eight, never stop serving God with your time, your labor, your finance, and your family. Never stop serving God with your time, your labor, your finances, and with your family. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Listen, decide that in this year, you will serve the Lord. You will never miss any church service. It's, it's, it's a decision. If it is in your capacity, make sure it happens. Serve the Lord with your time. Serve the Lord with your resources. Serve the Lord with your strength. Serve the Lord with your labor. I'm telling you. I'm not saying this to boast. I'm saying this to encourage somebody. Because listen, we need to understand how spiritual things work. As you are serving God, eh, you are not serving God just for yourself. Your unborn generation will continue. Have you realized that your, your great-grandfathers who serve idols, after, after you got born again, the things your, your parents did to those idols are the reason why those idols are still hunting you down. It's the same in the kingdom of God. If you serve God, if you serve God your generation will benefit from that service. I'm telling you. Can I ask you a question? Ever since you became born again, what have you bought in the house of God before? That's a big question. What have you bought in the house of God? As young as I was in my father's church, I bought work lock. I bought screwdrivers, a set for the church. I bought drumsticks. I bought things for the church. I started then time, so it's not now. To the glory of God, pastor's appreciation day, the seed you gave to me last week, that's the carpet you are sitting on. I used it to buy carpet for the church. I'm telling you, listen to me. Me, I have decided I will serve God with all I have. It's a secret. When we, when we are about to, when we are about to finish this thing, eh, at the point there was no money anywhere, and I'm, I'm having Mercedes Benz C300, very good car, powerful car. I sold it. That's what we used to do almost everything here. I sold it. Do you think God will ever forget me? I took away my air condition for my house, and I put it in children's service. So that when the children are comfortably cooling, my future is cool. 
if an angel enters here, he can register items from Reverend Isaac Lapapo everywhere in this place. Everywhere. I was so touched last week when I came to church. I saw someone who has bought this chair for me. And I said, who was that? They said it was a student. I said, who is that student? Do you know what she has done? The chair the man of God is going to sit on? That means if I pray for 10 hours and I sit on it, deposit enters into a spiritual account. You don't understand spiritual things. I'm telling you, if you buy a church a clock, as long as they are watching the time, your future is secured. People don't know this secret. If you give someone, if you buy a chair in the church, when people sit on it, that rest is your future rest. People don't know the secret. How many gifts have you bought for the Lord? Someone got a 55-inch television. She sold it into the church. I was touched when we were doing the building project. One of the students was about to travel to UK. She canceled the UK appointment because of building project. And she gave us 40,000 Ghana cities added to building project. And I'm just wondering, who are these people doing these things? Listen, suffer now for God and enjoy the future. Some of the sacrifices and labor you are putting in for the Lord. You are securing great things for your future. I know what I'm saying. This is what our forefathers, our grandmothers who serve God, this is what they did. And their children are benefiting from it today. Hear me. Let me tell you, we don't want your money. Me, I told God anything that is lacking, as long as I'm alive, I will produce it. I told God, I made, I made a vow to God. I made a vow to God. So listen, you see, it is in church you can get some of these understanding. You won't get this on social media. When we move here, someone emptied his studio. Equipment worth 1.3 billion, 130,000. He said, Papa, because you have sold your car, I'm also sewing my studio. And he closed his studio, air conditioned keyboard, drums, everything emptied it into the house of God. Listen, do you think God will forget his children? Do you think God will forget him? Many of you don't know spiritual shortcuts. You don't know spiritual shortcuts. He said, Clap your hands and pray. Listen to me, there are secrets. There are secrets if you don't understand the power of sacrifice, the power of service in the house of God. The Bible says, Anna serve God with fastings and prayer. That means there is something you can serve God with. You cannot play a keyboard, but you can smile to someone in church. You may not have money, but you have strength. What are you doing with your strength in the days of your youth? You are come for it, I'm telling you. Serve God with your strength and something will shift about your life. Number nine. Never open a door for Satan. Never open a door for Satan. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to present this truth to you. Satan is a legalist. He is one of the best lawyers you can find. Satan understands spiritual laws. He knows the laws you can break for him to attack you. He knows. Unfortunately, many Christians are ignorant. I had an account of a church where one guy who was sleeping in the church, he's the one who cleans the place. He was sleeping in the church and he got a girlfriend. He didn't get anywhere to sleep with this girl than the gallery of the auditorium. Gallery of auditorium. Hey! You don't fear. Can you sleep with a woman in a shrine? I'm asking you. 
Can you sleep with a woman in Nokopo shrine? You see, people lack understanding. Listen, in the old tabernacle and temple, eh, there is a consecration. You dare not bypass and enter the holy place when you have not been invited. When you are not prescribed for that job. Unfortunately, many Christians think that Christianity is just some place you can have fun. You don't understand. Three years ago, I was in my father's send-off party. Send-off service, sorry. My wife, iPhone, my iPhone. I put it on the chair. I'm going to take photograph of my father. When I came, iPhone is gone. Two iPhones. The last time we checked and checked, connected the map, he was in tiptoe lane. Second, where they sell the phones. And after 30 years, this guy's generation will be suffering. And they, they, they'll be going to prophets for help. Their great, 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 great grandfather stupidly stole the phone of an anointed pastor. These are legalities in the spirit. I am telling you something serious. Legalities. You still church laptop. You still church uh, uh, adapter. Charger. What, what that, that, that the long one? What's the name? Is it what? Extension board. In a former place, we came to church. Somebody has stolen two extension boards. How can your life extend? <laughs> hey, people don't fear God though. These are legalities. Satan is laughing. He is happy. He is happy. He is happy. Because he's about to destroy your life. Unforgiveness is a legal door. Listen, if you are here and somebody has grieved you and you have decided I will never forgive him, you see, that person will lose. That thing called unforgiveness in your heart is a legality Satan is going to hold on to put you into bondage. I know what I'm saying. Fear. Every year, you are afraid you die. You are afraid you will not make it. You will make it up. I'm telling you. If you keep entertaining fear in your heart, it's a legal door. Listen, Satan understood legalities. So say, Job said, the thing which I greatly fear has come upon me. You know why? Because fear is a magnetic field that attracts satanic havoc. So there are legal issues in the spirit that Christians must not take for granted. You go to a funeral, any food they give to you, you are eating. And you are dancing their dance. Hey! In our area, there's a place called cemetery. It's a cemetery there. People are selling coconuts there. They are selling fowls there. They are selling food. Wache seller is opposite the cemetery. When I say opposite, it's directly opposite to Wache seller. So she's just very close to one grave. I said, uh, grave. Grave, Wache, Namimedi. Grave, Akuko. And the most, the most annoying thing is that they leave the fowl overnight. In a grave. And a Christian will go, Mami Kesewe, Mami Kesewe. Ube wo. Don't open a door for Satan. Ah, Kabo Shakande. You had a dream, someone injected you. And you are still eating both and cocoa. The person injected you. He said, my mouth, HIV. Ha, ha, ha. Then you woke up from the dream. Hey, you are strong, though. 
Don't open a door for Satan. He will mess up your life. Listen, be smart in the spirit. Be vigilant. Be watchful. Don't joke with spiritual things. When you go to a shrine, you give offering. You come to church, you say there's no need to give offering. In the Old Testament, he said, don't come to my presence without an offering. Many of you don't know. The power of offerings. Tell somebody, don't open a door for Satan. Finally, before we move on, never live without convictions. Before I talk about that, I'm talking about don't open a door for Satan, right? A friend comes to tell you that um, I want to go and see some man be somewhere. And when he took you there, you realize that this one is almost the same as a shrine. You saw black candles and red candles. And you still entered. Ladies and gentlemen, you must be very observant of magic books, orgies, recitations of incantation. People don't know that this is what has killed a lot of people. Blood covenant. You fell in love with a boy. He said say that, hey, I, don't, I know that you leave me. He said, I won't leave you. He said, are you sure you leave me? He said, I'll, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He said, how do you prove that you love me? You know something? Get me a pin. I'm a pion. And you too, pion. <laughs> Till death do us part. GB. And you touch your blood with the person's blood. It's been 10 years now. You're in trouble. Though. You're in trouble. Kwame, me no be You have just opened a door for Satan. Listen, I'm teaching some serious stuff. People are suffering today because of legalities. Satan, a lawyer, own control, said your baby, you know, is about to give you problems. That prostitute you went to circle to go and sleep with. Do you know who that prostitute is? Where she came from? Now, why who's right here? Who's right Say, at this sacred thing, we punish about 20 cities. Who's right here? Who's right here? I'm telling you. Who's right here? You are not afraid that as a Christian with the Holy Ghost in you, you have gone to. See, you, you have no idea. I've counseled people who go to prostitutes. One of them was a pastor. So what I'm saying is not a joke. There are Christians who sleep with prostitutes every Friday night. And they can't stop it. These are demonic legalities. There are people who are called blind witches. They are just possessed. They don't go to fly at midnight. But they are just possessed. Satan uses them to destroy people. There are people, if you sleep with them, you will never prosper. You and your entire generation. So don't open a door for Satan. Listen to me. Be wise. Young man, be wise. Five minute sex can cost your generation 50 years of suffering. I know what I'm saying. A lot of the problems people are going through. There was one guy in US. He left to US. He has been working there for 10 years. His current life is as though he went there one year ago. He called me. So I said, I'm going to pray about it. I prayed until I saw one in a vision. I was just, I was done with an all night. I was going to sleep. When I closed my eye, I saw this guy holding a certain lady at UPSA. And they were walking to a, a hostel. And I woke up. 
So I was praying. God told me that 10 years ago, he took one lady which he had freely and slept with the girl. That was once. He, he, he dug the girl. He didn't mind the girl again. After 10 years. So I said, this is what I saw. You slept with one lady. He said, not that I remember. Not that I remember. I said, okay, that's fine. Three days later, he called me. He said, I just remembered. I said, that's your downfall. That lady did not, the idols and the altars in the family is the reason why you are where you are. And you'll be on the that Young man, and you'll be on the that I'm telling you. Number 10, never live without convictions. Set convictions for yourself. Things that you believe that nobody can approach you from it. Listen, if you are here, you don't have conviction, eh? you will never go far in life. I don't drink alcohol. It's a conviction. There's nothing anybody can do to me now to convince me. It's a conviction. So listen, when you study the word of God, let the word of God build convictions in your life. I know what I'm saying. Tell somebody, build convictions. One conviction that saved me in marriage is that we never have an argument for it to cross into the next day. It has never happened before. Never. No matter the argument, the next morning, one of us must compromise. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Praise God. I've told you several times when I had some argument and the next one we're having morning devotion. You see, if you're here, you don't have morning devotion, you're in trouble. I have family devotion and I have my personal devotion. If you have a family here, do personal devotions. Because when you are fought with your family member, you're about to do money devotion. You, you patch up. So we finished the devotion and I said, hmm, show her something. Give her attitude. Be you read devotion now. You're about to say, the Lord's Prayer. We finish, we're about to finish the Lord's Prayer. And then the Holy Ghost said, tell her that you love her. So me, I want to so Holy Ghost, if I say it, it has do, it's as though she has won the thing. No, I want to stretch the thing, I want to elongate the thing, I want to expand the thing so that she can feel the pain. And the Holy Ghost said, Ah, you say it. And me, eh, the Holy Ghost always wins with me. So whilst he was saying that, me, I knew that the Holy Ghost has won. And then when we finish, he said, I love you. <laughs> and then the Holy Ghost said, Krawaka. It's a conviction. Tell somebody it's a conviction. So your convictions create a pathway for your life. Yes. Convictions. I give my tithe after every month. It's a conviction. No matter how broke you are. Someone says, a month with the uncle you. You don't understand. That's, you see, that's the faith life. That's the faith life. I'm done with the thing. Let me do this in five minutes and then on Sunday I'm going to teach more on the glory of God. Now we need to understand the glory of God. We're about to pray. The glory of God. Because this year is a year of glory. Listen to me, you need glory. <laughs> what is glory? Glory comes from the Hebrew word and the Greek word. The Hebrew word for glory is kabod. Kabod. And that word kabod means weight. Or heaviness. So when a person carries glory, it means a person carries weight. 
So when we say God is glorious, we are saying God is weighty. The Greek word for glory is doxa. D-O-X-A. Now doxa means brightness. It means worth. It means value. It means dignity. So the Greek word for glory means worth. It means value. It means attributes. It means dignity. So God's glory is his worth. It's his value. The value of this iPhone is its features. The value of a Mercedes Benz is what it can do. How it was made. So God's glory is a manifestation of his multifaceted attributes. It's a display of his perfections, his brightness, his majestic glory. So the glory of God is God's splendor. Glory is the fullness of God. Glory is the attributes of God in its comprehensive function and full display. All of God's attributes is his glory. God is independent. That means he's self-sufficient. He's self-existing. He does not need a man to be the God he is. He does not need your help. He does not need breath to live. He's self-existing. That attribute is his glory. God is eternal. He has no beginning. He has no end. Yet he's the beginning and the end. He has no succession of moments. Time and all time is equally vivid before him. That is his glory. God is unchangeable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That is his glory. He's omnipotent, all-powerful, omnipresent, everywhere, omniscient, all-knowing. David said, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I hide from your presence? When I ascend to the heavens, you are there. When I make my bed in hell, you are there. When I take up the wings of the morning to dwell in the uttermost part of the seas, there you hold me and your right hand upholds me. David said that, he says that, you know my uprising and my downsitting. You understand my thoughts from afar off. Such knowledge is so wonderful for me. It's so high, I cannot attain it. So God's wisdom, God's knowledge, God's omnipotence, that is his glory. So when God displays power, it is glory. So glory is all the beauty of God. Well, I'm saying this because now when you understand spiritual beauty, you know it is glory. When we understand glory as it relates to God, we will understand glory as it relates to us. So when we are saying it's a year of glory, we are saying that it's a reflection of the characteristics and attributes and features of God in our lives as the people of God. The glory of God is the atmosphere of God's infinite possibility. Glory is what God is, what he is able to do, and what he reveals. So anything God is, what God does, and what God reveals is God's glory. So we can see glory in creation. Everything you see in creation is the glory of God. That is what the Bible says, the earth is filled with the glory of God. Man is a revelation of the glory of God. Christ is a revelation of the glory of God. Salvation is a revelation of the glory of God. Wealth is a manifestation of the glory of God. I'm teaching good here. Yeah? Are you getting blessed at all? 
Now, before we pray, I want to teach you three pursuits for the manifestation of glory. Three things you must pursue. If you want to see glory manifest in your life, you must pursue these three things with all hunger. Are you ready for this? This will bless you. Number one is wisdom. So, someone says, Lord, show me your glory. The first pursuit for glory is wisdom. Wisdom can bring glory into your life when you understand it, when you possess it. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the awareness of truth accompanied with its appropriate application. Wisdom is the awareness of truth accompanied with its appropriate application. I want to say that again because it's very important. Wisdom is the awareness of truth accompanied with its appropriate application. It is the power of God to apply insights to become realities. So the difference between wisdom and knowledge is that knowledge is you having the ability to carry information. The ability to retain information. But wisdom is the ability to apply the knowledge you have retained. That is wisdom. So any knowledge you know by head, you don't know by act, is not wisdom. So when we say someone is foolish, we did not insult him. We are telling him he has knowledge he has not applied. So any knowledge you don't apply makes you foolish, not as an insult. Not as an insult. <laughs> the Bible tells us, listen, wisdom is something you can't do away with. If you read your Bible and look to the Bible says Jesus grew in wisdom. So the first thing Jesus grew in is wisdom. You must grow in wisdom. Solomon sacrificed thousand bulls against one sacrifice every king who comes into power office. Every king gave one. Solomon gave thousand. God says, what is this? Huh. He had a dream and God appeared to him and said, Solomon, name what you will and I'll do it for you. And Solomon said, I'm a young man. Give me a wise heart and understanding. And God said, because you did not ask for the downfall of your enemies, you did not ask for riches. You did not ask for wealth. I will give all these things to you. Do you know what God is telling us? Don't seek money. Seek wisdom. And wisdom will bring money. You see, the problem of many Christians are that they are looking for the wrong thing. There is a pursuit in their life, but the pursuit is wrong. They are chasing for something, but what they are chasing is wrong. Have you noticed the Bible says in the book of Matthew 6.33, he says, seek ye first the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom, not money. Anytime you go against scripture, you pay for it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added. So anything you seek outside kingdom perspective is not wisdom. I'm teaching you there. The Bible says God filled Basileel with the spirit of wisdom and skill in all craftsmanship. Which means all of a sudden when he was filled with the wisdom of skill of craftsmanship, when he takes a metal, 
He just knows by divine intelligence how to mold an item or a furniture. Because wisdom was imparted to him. Listen to me. Wisdom is spiritual skills in making things happening. If you want to solve problems in your life, you need spiritual wisdom. I'm teaching God. And there are six ways of acquiring spiritual wisdom. Are you ready for this? Number one, you must ask God for wisdom. Please don't forget this thing I'm teaching you. You must what? Ask God for wisdom. In James chapter 1 verse 5. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask God. God is the only wise God. He's a wise God. If you ask him for wisdom, he will give it to you. The first way of accessing wisdom is by prayer. Some of you must learn to pray for the spirit of wisdom. In Colossians 1.9, Apostle Paul prayed and said that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of him unto all pleasing, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing with the knowledge of God. So listen to me. If you want to bear fruit, wisdom. You want to please God, wisdom. You want to walk worthy of God, wisdom. You want to increase in knowledge, wisdom. You want to increase in power, wisdom. So the first way of accessing wisdom is what? Can you shout it? Ask God through prayer. Number two, study the word of God. The word of God is the compendium of wisdom. Second Timothy chapter 3, the verse 50. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which is able to make thee wise unto salvation, which is through faith in Christ Jesus. So the word of God is the manual for wisdom. If you need wisdom, go into the scriptures. Don't go to Facebook. Oh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3 18, we all with an unveiled face as we behold us in the mirror of the glory of God are changed into the same image from glory to glory. That means if wisdom is the word of God and the word of God is glory which means to access glory, you access wisdom. If you want to access glory in your life you access it by wisdom which comes through the scriptures. Lord, show me your glory. Go into the scriptures. I want to see your glory of God. Go into the scriptures. Number three, fearing God. Several times in the book of Proverbs, the Bible says, for the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Someone says, God, I need wisdom. If you don't start with the foundation of the fear of God, forget about wisdom. The fear of God is the first foundation for spiritual wisdom. Which means the basis for identifying a foolish man is a man who does not fear God. Listen, everything you lack which is manifesting adversely in your life is as a result of lack of wisdom. If there's a problem in your marriage, you lack wisdom in that perspective. If there's a problem in raising your children, you lack wisdom from that perspective. And it's so simple as that. Where you see your lack in wisdom, go and get it. Go and get it. If you are having financial crisis, there are so many powerful books, there are powerful scriptures about kingdom finances. You don't use earthly strategies for heavenly results. Never. 
I found kingdom prosperity in the Bible and I obeyed it. And I'm still obeying it. Number four, key to access wisdom. Association. Wisdom also counts by association. It's a simple equation. If you walk with wise men, you become wise. Some few years ago, I had to change my circle of pastor friends. I had to change it. Today I hear this one is doing women matter. Today I hear this one is doing money matter. Today I hear this one is doing cheating matter. I said, what kind of nonsense is this? I mean, this ministry I came in, I see, I came with everything. I came with my heart. I didn't come to milk people. I didn't come to mess up with my life. I came to serve God proper. I had to cut off certain people. They said, I'm too no, I don't care. I know where I'm going. Listen, if you know where you are going, you know those who go along with you. Wisdom comes by association. I can tell you an authority. Most of the people close to me are wise men. Wise men. That's why I'm wise. Number five, wisdom comes by impartation. Moses laid hands on some group of young men and they received wisdom and skills. Someone says, man of God, it's one minute to twelve. We are supposed to be praying to cross over. Yeah. We are not religious men. We are not following the status quo. We are led by the spirit. We have one minute more to cross over. Number six. The seat of accessing wisdom is guidance through fellowship with the Holy Spirit. If you walk with the Holy Ghost closely, the things he will share with you is called wisdom. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Lord. I know you came from heaven above. The Holy Spirit is on the throne. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Lord. In the morning, early in the morning, in the morning, I will rise and praise the Lord. If you do this thing, you receive wisdom. It was in prayer. I prayed for three hours. I said, God, there is no money for the building. There's no money for the building. And the Holy Ghost said, you started working on your books on prayer two years ago in 2020 when you were having your first 40 days. Go and take that book. Finish that book and launch it. I'll give you money. That's what? That's what? Spiritual wisdom. I obeyed the Holy Ghost. Finished the book. Launched it. The Holy Ghost gave us 130,000. That's what we used to buy the iron rods. Wisdom. Wisdom. Tell someone wisdom. You need it. So when you walk with the Holy Ghost for long, you have wisdom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2024. Welcome to 2024. You are victorious. You are a winner. I'm telling you. You are victorious. 
Many died, you are still alive. You have crossed over successfully into a new year. The Lord has been good. Rise up, shake about 30 people and tell them welcome to this new year. Come on, move around. Move around. Move around. Shake about 30 people. Tell them you are, if you are standing at one place, nobody will come to you. Go to 30 people. Can we get a song? I love you with the love of the Lord. Shake 30 people. Tell them welcome to 2024. I love you with the love of the Lord. 30 people. You can shake them. You can, can hug them. I want us to begin this new year with prayer. We have welcomed each other, but we want to take dominion over 2024. We want to subdue it. You are going to pray one prayer, and the, and the prayer team is going to take over. Hear me? When you see someone standing down, down like that, don't copy him. He may be having a certain kind of wisdom. So please, if you must pray hot, pray hot. Are you here with me? Here we believe in prayer. Prayer is our breath. That's all we know. In fact, the next two weeks, we are praying 1,000 hours, 42 days non-stop prayer. Ooh. 
first prayer I'm going to pray now is that God fill me with the spirit of wisdom. Put your hands on your head. Are you here with me at all? You see, wisdom will change your life. Wisdom can carry you into the next level of your life. You want to pray and say, Lord, fill me with the spirit of wisdom. Come on, lift your voice and begin to pray. Can we have some prayer else? Let's have the microphone. Lift your voice. Pray for the spirit of wisdom. Fill me with the spirit of wisdom. Lift your voice and pray. Lift your voice and pray. Come on. Let me hear your voice. Lift your voice and pray. 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 Fill me with the spirit of wisdom. 